0: Thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. Good morning to you. What a joy it is to be here and to kick off a very important four-week series of lessons that will try to help us clearly see. You see, a 2020 vision means to see clearly. We want to clearly see what we believe God is leading this ministry to all through this next year, and hopefully many, many years more to come. And so we're excited about that. Today we're going to start by talking about we're made to move. And then the next three weeks, we're created to connect, we are saved to serve, and we are blessed to bless. And as we get that vision in our hearts and minds, I believe God can do things with us this next year that we haven't even begun to dream of. That's what he's promised. He's promised. And when he finds people who are faithful, who believe him, who pray and obey, then man, it sets him free to do his thing. So let's bow and ask God in a very special way to bless and use this morning and this whole series of uh, four lessons as well as this whole Vision 2020 for his glory. God, I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for the way you've worked in each of our lives individually to bring us here this morning It's such a miracle of how your mercy and your your grace, your goodness and your kindness just are always at work in our lives. We want to be found faithful before you, Lord. And so I pray that you will bless us in this time. Holy Spirit, may you speak and clearly help us to see what God wants for this church. May we know that. May we clearly follow that. May we be people who love you and obey you Because you are worthy. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you, and we pray that all we're a part of, this week, this month, the rest of this year, and all through the years to come, will bring great honor and praise to your name and great blessing to a lot of people. For it's in your name we ask it, and we thank you. Amen. Churches, I think, are, are unique things because they start out with a great vision. They start out with great excitement and energy, and then so often they can, they can lose that because you see mission and vision leak, and you can lose what you're up to. And so that's why for these four weeks, we're going to seek to really see clearly the vision that we believe God has for us. Proverbs 29, 18 puts it this way. Where there is no vision, the people perish. In other words, without movement, you atrophy. We know that in our own bodies, but that's true in our marriages, that's true in our families, that's true in our workplaces, and that's true in the church. We were not made by God to be satisfied with status quo. We're never to stay where we are, we're always to be pressing forward we were made to move always seeking God's next step which brings his blessing to us now I want to show you a a verse that you've seen many times but you never should get tired of it because it's one of the great verses of the Bible It's over in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 notice what it says this is really cool okay for we are God's masterpiece okay that's the first thing that word is handcrafted He has handcrafted us. You go to Psalm 139, and you see that he was in our mother's womb, forming us. We are God's masterpiece. It goes on and says, he has created us. So he is our creator. He created us and made us in his image so that we could reflect his glory here on earth. And sometimes people will say, well, Tom, Man, there's so many times where you see people who are deformed or who are handicapped or who come out of the womb in a way that isn't what is normally expected. And, and I want you to know, that's God's masterpiece. I think of Nick Vajesic. He is a guy who was born without any hands or arms or legs. He's just a stump from here up. Perfect from here up, but just a stump. And I know that doctors, if they would have looked through an ultrasound and have seen him, they would have said to the parents, you've got to abort this child. You've got to not let this child live because he's so badly handicapped. Well, Nick today is one of the best evangelists in the world. And he goes before tens of thousands of high school students and all over churches, huge churches and huge coliseums, and he ministers And he uses that deformity from what we would normally expect. He'll bounce up on the platform, and he'll just sit there. And he starts talking. And untold, thousands of people have come to know Christ as their Savior. He is God's masterpiece. God even uses him exactly as he is for a very special reason and in a very special way. So we are God's masterpiece. Let's go back to that verse. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us. Now watch. Because we sinned, it messed up that masterpiece to a great degree. So he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. That's what happens when we become believers in Christ. We're forgiven of our sin. We are are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We are made new. We are made children of God. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Now why does he take this masterpiece who messed up and then he creates us anew in Christ and restores us back to what he wanted us to be in his image? Why did he do that? And he goes on and tells us, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Even before we were formed in our mother's womb, God knew what his plan was. He knew what he wanted to do. So in God's eyes, every person has individual worth and value and possibilities. And in his hands, we become his masterpiece. Now, I want you to get that idea before we go any further. You are God's masterpiece. If I were Brandon, and thank you for two great Sundays of ministry, buddy. If, if I were Brandon, I'd have you turn to each other and say, you are God's masterpiece. But I'm not going to do that because, okay, Brandon does that, okay? That's good. That's good stuff. I'm not going to steal your little trick, okay? All right. Uh, but in God's hands, every person is a masterpiece. Now, I want you to think of yourself that way because we so often put ourselves down. We so often negate the power and the personhood of Christ in us. Michelangelo, great sculptor, a great artist, he used to, I think he must have had a lot of fun because he, he made the statement, every time I see a block of stone, he said, I know there's a statue trapped in that. And he said, I know it's my calling to discover that statue and set it free. And that's what God is doing with every one of us. God, our master artist, knows exactly what he wants to achieve in this beautiful and sometimes painful process of making us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Now, today we're talking about the fact that we, his masterpieces, are made to move. In other words, we're made to move and do things and be things and become things. We're never to accept status quo. We're never to stay still except as we just stay still before him to hear his voice and then go out and do what he asks. And so to do that, I want to introduce you to something that we've never talked about before, but the fact that this world has had two main mother religions throughout human history. And I want to show you a chart, because this is a very important chart for us to understand as we talk about being made to move, okay? The two mother religions are Hinduism and Judaism. Around 1500 BC, Hinduism was formed, okay? And then, in 1440, God appeared to Abraham and made a covenantal commitment with him, and that's where the whole faith of Judaism, the religion of Israel, was started, right, in 1440. Out of Hinduism, in 660, 605, came Shintoism, Taoism, and Buddhism, okay? And then, around the 30s, after Christ's life and death and burial and resurrection, Christianity was formed. And then in 610 A.D., Islam was formed. Now, what we have to understand is that there's Hinduism and there's Judaism, okay? And those are two totally different world and life views. So I want you to understand them, to understand being made to move. Hinduism has a circular... World and life view. It says life is a course or series of events that reoccur regularly and they usually lead back to the starting point. So in Hinduism, they see life as something going around in circles. It goes and then it comes right back again to the starting point. All right? In this worldview, the material body, this... this this thing that we live in, our personhood lives in, is bad. They see it as, as, as something that is unacceptable. They see the body as, as getting sick, or getting old, and decaying. Therefore, it is considered to be evil. So Hinduism reasons that man is born, man lives, man dies... Mankind is born, mankind lives, mankind dies, and they just see this circular world and life view. It's called reincarnation. If you are reincarnated in some other part of the world, it's called uh, transmigration of the soul. But it all means that this whole thing is just going around in a circle. And this reincarnation of the soul, or coming back again, is to really try to get things right. So you have a chance here, and if you don't get it right, you have another chance to get it right, and you just keep going around in circles. They also believe that if in this life you are bad, then you may come back and be reincarnated as a rat, or a mouse, or a cow, or whatever. And in Hinduism, cows are venerated as symbols of a reincarnation. Now, what's interesting is I had the opportunity of being over in India several years ago, traveling all over the country, and uh, we landed in New Delhi, went to Agra, and went to Bombay, which is now Mumbai, and uh, just all over the place. And it was interesting, everywhere you went, you would see cows walking around in the streets. They don't eat cows, okay? Now, As I was walking the streets and I saw a cow, I will tell you that I looked at that cow and I thought, well, that's a nice creature. I've seen a lot of those in Iowa, okay? But really, when I looked at that cow, you know what I saw? I saw a filet mignon. (laughs) Medium. With Bernays' sauce or some kind of garlic and butter sauce on it, you know? When they look at the cow, they see... Uncle George, or Grandpa Jim, or Sally Murgatroyd, you know? Aunt Murgatroyd is what I meant to say, okay? They see reincarnation. So they won't eat the cow as a symbol of the fact that this thing is going around in a circle. Then, once you have done enough circles, and nobody knows how many that's going to take, but once you get it right, Whatever that means, and however long it takes to do that, in Hinduism, you enter into a state of nothingness. And that nothingness is called nirvana. It's where you lose your identity, you cease to exist, and you blend into uh, the oneness of God. Okay? Now, what that really is, is monism. And monism is a very interesting thing, because it says there's no distinction between God and matter. So God is matter, and all matter is God, and you are matter, so you are God, but this thing is God, and this building is God, because all matter is God. It's really called pantheism, because pantheism says... Everything is God, and God is everything. So the key to Hinduism is this. That world and life view stifles forward movement because we don't really matter, and we go around in circles all of our existence here on earth until we end up being nothing. Being nothing and going Nowhere. That's Hinduism. Now, let me explain Judaism to you, okay? Judaism is very different, and Christianity came out of Judaism because Jesus came out of the line of Abraham that ran all the way through the old scriptures, the old covenant scriptures, into his birth and life and death and burial and resurrection, and then the church going on from there. Judaism and Christianity has a linear world and life view. That's what we have in the Western world today, a Judeo-Christian world and life view. It says we are progressing from one stage to another, and there is sequential and continued movement forward. So we are always moving forward. But when Christianity came into being with Christ... The whole teaching and truth of Christianity was that we not only are moving forward, but we're moving upward. it's, It's that pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So the church can never set still. The church can never be complacent with where it is because there's a world to be won and there's obedience to the commission of Christ to be obeyed. And so that keeps us On the move it means that we're always pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and this is the belief that human history had a specific beginning created with worth and great potential and that creation then is to be lived until we come to the end and that's restoration And restoration means the the events that bring about the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So we are pressing toward that. That's our commission, that's our calling. As long as we live. And also, this world and life view believes that God created the body, and therefore the body is good. And, And for believers, it is the temple of the Holy Spirit who represents Jesus in our lives. And every person has design and purpose because we are all created image Deo in the image of God. Now, right here, before I finish off our lesson and show you the vision for this part of our 2020 vision, right here we have a problem, and that problem is this. We send in our body and in our spirit, we are a three-part being. I've explained this to you before, but bear with me. Act interested for just a moment, if you will, okay? We are a three-part being because we're created the image of God. He's a three-part being. He's three in one. We are three in one. I am Tom Allen, but I am a body. And in that body lives Tom Allen. Tom Allen is not this body. Tom Allen is a soul that lives in this body. And this is how I move and have my being. But then God breathed into me when He created me the breath of life, the Spirit. And that spirit is, is, is a third part of my being. And, 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 and it's what gives eternal life. So that's the reason everyone will live eternally somewhere. If you believe in Christ, the Bible says, you'll, believe, you'll live with him forever. If you don't believe in him, you'll be separated from him forever. But you're going to exist forever because he created that eternal aspect into our lives. So... If there is any solution to this sin that's messed us up, it must be both body, soul, and spirit. There must be something that affects my body, my personhood, and my eternal life. And that's why the resurrection is so important. You see, Paul put it this way. He said, if there is no resurrection... Our faith is in vain. Everything rises and falls on the fact that Jesus Christ is alive. Christianity teaches that this body will be resurrected and glorified. So someday, I'm going to kick off. And I hope if you're alive at that time and you're around, you might come and even shed one tear, okay? That would be nice. Uh, and and, and then, then go on and live your life, okay? Because I want you to know that Tom Allen is not what's lying there in that casket, okay? That's my carcass. That's my body that I lived in while I was here on this earth. And I'll be separated from that body. And my soul and my spirit, the Bible says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I will be with the Lord forever. And the Bible says someday when Jesus comes back, that body will be resurrected However God does that, I have no idea because he's the boss. But he's going to resurrect that body, and he will glorify that body. That means there'll be no more death. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more pain. And even after a short little period in the book of the Revelation, there'll be no more tears. That body's glorified like Jesus has a glorified body. And my soul and spirit will be rejoined with my body, and I will be with the Lord and enjoy him and all he has planned for us forever. Now that's our Judeo-Christian faith. That's our Christian faith. And that's what God says causes us to want to move. You see, we have a hope. So in contrast to the secularists and the Hindus' bleak hope of annihilation, because that's all they've got. You know, I'll live my life, hopefully I get several turns at this, maybe I'll get it right eventually, then I become nothing. We believe with all of our hearts that We will be welcomed into the eternal kingdom of God. Our faith says, because he lives, we too shall live. Now, it's right at this point, some of you have to be thinking, what in the world are we doing all this historical theology about? Okay? Well, there's a reason. Okay? It's because we were made to move to follow our Savior in faith and obedience to his will, to always expect the miraculous. And so our 2020 vision is to fulfill the mission of this church and the vision that God has given this church better than we have ever done it before. To go into 2020 with a whole new excitement about who God is and what He can do through people who are yielded to Him. So I want to remind you of our mission and our vision. You'll say, but Tom, we've heard it before. Good, you and I need to hear it again. I'll tell you why. We forget it. It leaks. It can leave us. And so many churches today are dead as a doornail because... They've forgotten their mission. They've forgotten their vision. So here's our mission as Simple Church. To love God, to love others, and to serve our world. That's all we ever want to do because that's all God has really ever asked us to do. Let me show you three scriptures. You've heard them before. Act interested because they're holy. They're good. Okay? We are to love God and love others Notice what it says in Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Teacher, a guy came to Jesus and he said, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then a second, and I love it because he says it's equally important. In other words, we love God Therefore, we love others. Remember, you and I can't say, I love God, if there's anyone that we hate or anyone that we despise or anyone that we're wishing bad things toward them. God says those two things don't go together because the great commandment is love God with all your being and then the second is equal to it Love your neighbor as yourself. And then I love this because he says, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Okay? In other words, if you and I do what God has asked us to do, love him, love others, and serve our world, which we'll be talking about in two weeks, if we do that, then God says, you've done everything I've ever asked you to do. So, really, if you just memorize that and never had a Bible again and obeyed that, you've done it. Love God, love others. And and then he says we serve our world. and, And that comes from the Great Commission, which is Matthew 28 18 through 20. Jesus said, I have given all authority in heaven, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. In other words, he's got all the authority. He's got all the power. And he tells us now, you go, make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teach, them new, teach these new disciples to obey all my commands I have given you. And then here's why we do that. Because we know, we are sure, that he is with us always, even to the end of the age. So we know any time we're doing what he's asked us to do, he's right there with us. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be scared to step out and do what God's asked us to do because he's right there with us. And he says, I got all the power and I got all the authority you'll ever need to get the job done. So that leads us to our vision. And this vision... That mission is really for the entire church, and this vision is kind of particular to us because it's what has motivated the very foundation and the very functioning of this church, and that is we are a movement. You catch that word? See what we did there? (laughs) We are a movement. We can't sit still. We are a movement that connects people. One of our biggest desires is to connect people. We're going to talk about that next week. We're going to show you how that can happen in so many wonderful ways. We are a movement that connects people into strong relationships. Not just, oh, let's have a donut together. But I know about your life. I care about your life. Mel and Kathleen, I care about the fact that your sister is ill and needs our prayers. I know about you. I know what's going on in your life. We care for each other. So into strong relationships, those relationships are with Jesus and with each other. And then we try to keep everything deliberately simple and yet very conversational to where we're sharing together. So we always seek to remember our passion is to move with God in his time and in his way. Now, there's there's a word of warning here. It's found over in Proverbs. And it's a very important verse. It says, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. So our passion, our passion is to move forward in the confident expectation that our God, who has done great things in our past, will bring increasing and blessing, increased blessings in the future. That's what God can do. In the old covenant scriptures, Jeremiah the prophet said in 33.3, he said, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. In Ephesians 3.20, he said, now, Paul says to us, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So what that says to us is we're going to always dream big because we got a big God who says, I want you to keep moving forward and I want you to keep pressing toward the mark and As you do in faith and in obedience to me, I'm right there with you with all the power and authority that you need to get it done. So for four years, what we've done in the months of November and December here at Simple Church is uh, we've shared a vision for the next year, which is what we're doing these four weeks. Next week, we're going to talk about the fact that we were created to connect But today made to move, and we are seeking to move into this community in several ways this year and next year through what we take up each year as a generous giving offering. It's our 2020 generous giving offering, and it's a part of the way that we seek to move into our community and have a good impact. I want you to know we say very little about money, uh, finances here in this church, and God has provided, and we try to live according to what he provides through his people. But every year, we unashamedly ask for an over and above giving so that we can increase the impact of this ministry in obedience to what we've heard from God's Word. So this this year, one of our four projects that we'll be having during the months of November and December that we hope to fulfill throughout 2020, one of those projects is to come alongside a single-parent provision here in in our community. This is one of the great ministries in this area that's been raised up in the last 15 years, and they're having a huge impact with single-parent moms and dads. And one of the most beautiful things that happens each Christmas time is down at the event center downtown, this year it's on December 14th, there's a, a marvelous dinner for single parents this year, there'll be approximately 930 moms and somewhere between 12 and 1300 children at this dinner. And it's a night where women, who normally are kind of many of them struggling just to make it through, it's a night where they are treated like a queen. And they are ushered in by men on their arms and, uh, and the arms of men and they are seated and, and they are loved and they are fed a marvelous meal and they are given a basket full of gifts and, and, and they are hearing God's word and beautiful music and all kinds of expressions of love and then they have an opportunity to receive Christ if they so desire. It's a beautiful evening. It takes 500 servants to, to help make it happen. And an and untold amount of money to feed all those people. But we are hoping to be a part of that with $10,000 this year through our generous giving offering. And the way we hope to do that is for 5,000 of that to be used to take care of three of the tables, that's 36 of the women, $1,000 a table, 12 at a table, and then $2,000 to support one of the children's room. And last year, Brandon and, and a team of people just had a, they just knocked it out of the park with that, and it was the talk of the thing, because it was a great, great evening for the children in that room. And Brandon and some other of youth pastors and other servants in the city are going to be doing that again, and we're supporting that room along with the three tables. That's $5,000. And then, for the first time, we are choosing, as a church to connect with a ministry in this city on a more permanent basis and become a partner with single-parent provision at $400 a month. And that will come out of $5,000 that we would have over the course of the year to start helping become a partner and maybe over the years increase our giving on that so that they can have a good foundation to keep building this ministry to the thousands of single moms and dads in this community. We're very excited about that. And so, one of the things that the generous giving offering this year, and it's an offering that we ask for. Next week, there'll be envelopes on your table, and that'll be true until uh, Christmas Eve service this year. Between now and that time, we're asking that each of us be in prayer. What can I give over and above what I normally give to help support that ministry and three more that we'll be telling you about, one each week for the next three weeks? That's all part of Our 2020 vision is to help support and enhance and move forward the gospel through several ministries in the city, but also there's a lot more in the 2020 vision that will affect all of us this next year, and we'll start telling you about that next Sunday. I want you to be in prayer for this 2020 vision, because as we pray... As we let God give us hearts of generosity to care for and to serve and to love and to be there for people, it's amazing what God can do through a church, a local church, that's really excited about serving others, serving our world. So that's part of what we're up to. I want you to know that if you'd like to serve at that dinner... And they need 500 people. So we'd love to have at least 50 or more from this church who, uh, of us who would serve. It's on December the 14th from about 4 o'clock till about 9 o'clock. And what an evening, what an experience. You go home saying, man, am I glad I didn't miss out on that. If you'd like to serve, you can see uh, uh, Tim back at our Next Steps tent. And he'll be glad to help you get signed up. And there's some other people that will be back there to help you sign up for any area. There's about 15 different areas of serving. God has plans for us. And we believe this next year is going to be a year that's better than any year we've experienced. We're believing this God who has all power and authority is going to move us forward and more than ever before to be the people that he created us to be. So let's pray and ask him in a very special way to do that work through our lives. Father, it is in your name that we come because we are so excited about you and who you are and what you're doing and what you've done. Thank you for all you've done through this church. Thank you for the hundreds of people who have come to know you and have been blessed by this ministry and and are, are being nurtured I pray that that will continue. But my prayer is and our prayer is together that this next year will be a greater year than we've ever experienced. To you be the glory, Lord. We are excited for watching what you will do through people who are yielded to your will. We dedicate this message, this time, this purpose to the honor and glory of your name. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our Simple.Church app.